Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video today. Michaela Peterson and Matthew Hussey on the Michaela Peterson podcast. Let's go. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. I think it's it's really, really damaging to people's, not only their confidence, but their ability to be happy with their current lot in life. And and what I, what I don't like about the cultural thing of, you know, you're more successful if you're in a relationship is that I deal with people every day who become instantly more successful the moment they leave a relationship. Mm. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Because they shouldn't be in that relationship. It's toxic. It's abusive. Yeah. They settled yeah. for something that's far less than they deserve. You know, what's funny is that they talk as though, like, this is how women should be thinking about relationships, right? The guy is not good enough for you. Don't ever settle, you know, uh, and all that, right? They, they, talk, they talk that way. But here's the thing, guys. Like, most of the time... The, the guy is actually doing more for the girl than the girl is doing for the guy. It's actually the guy who settles much more often than the girl. And because of the guy who settles, uh, a lot of men actually, once they've finished their relationship, they find that things are going a lot better when they're out of the relationship than when they were in it. So very interesting. And so success to me is leaving. It's not staying. But when we get constantly indoctrinated with this idea that that being in a relationship or having a stereotypical path in life is success, we start to make really bad decisions. Well, here's the thing. He, he's talking from a woman's frame, right? Like, don't ever settle. You know, uh, don't just stay in a relationship because that's what society tells you to do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but women actually would be much better off if they did stay in relationships. And men would actually be better off if they left relationships, funnily enough, right? Uh, because a lot of the time, guys are actually settling by staying in their relationship. They're being treated like utter garbage and they just take it because they have nothing else, right? But that's not the that's not the attitude. That's not the idea. That's not where we should be coming from. Because of course, if that's where you're coming from, you're never going to be happy and you're never going to have a successful life. Because Ultimately, um, women are dream killers, right? And if you allow a girl to anchor you, right, and you sacrifice everything for her for no apparent gain, what really is the point? Yeah. I suppose it's an interesting conversation as to whether there is just whether there is just a higher, like there's a hierarchy where, you know, there is an ultimate state that is just objectively better than the others. But um, I don't know if thinking that way does us any favors in our decision-making. So guys, I just, again, I've already commented on pieces of this video before, but I just want to point out, guys, look at Michaela, okay? Look at what she's wearing. Look at her hair. Look at her eyes, especially. So guys, I don't know if you know this, but women's eyes tend to dilate when they're looking at somebody they're attracted to. So you can see it. Look at Matthew's eyes. His eyes aren't dilated, but look at Michaela. Michaela's eyes are huge right now. She's got the huge bedroom eyes. That is what genuine attraction looks like, guys. That is recorded right there 
Women are hypergamous, so Michaela considers Matthew to be above her and look at how she looks at him. Guys, just keep that in mind. You need to find a girl that looks at you this way. And if your girl doesn't look at you this way, well, you're going to have a really bad time. Because women ultimately are looking for a superior. So if she doesn't see you as a superior, you shouldn't even be in a relationship with a girl. Keep that in mind. In the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, How do you know when it's better to leave a relationship and deal with the loneliness of being alone? How do you know when that's a better option than staying? I I suppose what we want to look at is am I basing if we stay and we're really unhappy then we must on some level be basing that decision to stay on the premise that this is going to improve that this person is going to be better so Keep in mind, guys, that Matthew is coming from the frame of, uh, like, what is best for the woman? Keep that in mind, guys. So, again, who has to do more work to be in a relationship? Men or women? Just keep that in mind. So, if we're in this frame of what's best for the woman, like, how come these girls, they're not bringing anything to the table, and yet they desire better and stronger and more men? That's what I want to know. Yes. That this person or this situation is going to change. And I said, the, perhaps the most pertinent question to ask ourselves is, on what evidence am I basing this on? This idea that it's going to change or that this person is going to change. What is this based on? You know, when a woman, for example, let's take the scenario of, Someone just broke your heart. They just decided, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm out. Right. This is the worst thing possible, right? For that, that somebody breaks your heart. You see, you see the feminine frame, guys. I hope you notice. It's not like what, what can the person do to help you? It's not like what, uh, what are the roles of men and women? It's, am I happy? Uh, is he breaking my heart? How is he making me feel? These are not like the, like, Notice the difference between the male and female frame and how they see the world. Just notice that. Mm. And you didn't see it coming, but they left. And then two weeks later, they come back and they say, wait, 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 I was all wrong. I I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. uh, What Matthew is describing is girls that get into situationships, right? They get into a situationship. And once they've gotten into the situationship, they think that they're in a relationship, but they're really not. And then when the guy leaves them, they blame the guy. That's what Matthew's describing, which of course is utter hogwash, but there it is. I, I, I love you to pieces. I, I want to be in a relationship with you. Okay, maybe you give him a chance. Let's say it happens again a month later. And then they break up with you. Two weeks later, they come back. Oh my God, I made the biggest mistake. I At that point, it's actually really important to ask the question of that person in a very sober way, not in an emotionally charged way. What is it that is going to be different this time and why? 
Yeah, so what's really funny, right, is that Matthew's making a really logical case for why you shouldn't be with a toxic guy, right? But what's really funny is that girls will choose the toxic guys anyway. So there's nothing you can really do about that, I'm afraid. Like, why would it be different this time? And and, And I don't mean asking it from a place of anger. I mean, sincerely being curious. Mm-hmm. What's the plan here for more certainty? Because you seem very uncertain. You seem to not know what you want. And from my vantage point, it seems very likely this is going to happen again in the next three to six months. So what's different for you now, other than you got panicked in the two weeks after you just did this again? In a relationship where two people are trying to make it work, you have to ask what evidence is there for the fact that this is going to make it work? It is going to work. Are we together in therapy? Are we working through it? Have we genuinely made a plan about how we're going to work through this issue? Are we communicating and there's genuine progress in the communication? Again, you see, guys, it's all feminine frame, right? Like, not a single thing here has been masculine framed. It's all, how are we communicating? Um, you know, what, like, are we progressing on an emotional level? You know, like, and stuff like that. There's no, like, concrete things. There's no, like, how am I helping with the bills? How am I helping around the house? How am I cooking and cleaning? How am I being respectful? How am I, no, 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 there's none of that. It's feelings, fifis. Are we talking about it? Are we communicating? Are we getting closer on an emotional level? You see, guys, it's all BS. Because that's the part where we consistently ignore the fact that we haven't actually had any signs that this is really going to change. And yet we go, I just feel like it can be better. Based on what? Not based on them. Based on whatever fantasy you're constructing in your head about it being better. So it's, can I live with this? The the key questions are these. Can I live for the rest of my life in this relationship as it is today and experience a wonderful life and experience the happiness, the peace, the joy that I want to experience? Is that possible in my current relationship if nothing changed from the way it is today? And if the answer is no, the question to ask is, So therefore it needs to change or I need to leave. What evidence do I have that this is going to change? And that's a question you have to ask very, very soberly. There's a biased judge in here that wants to do what's comfortable, not what's going to make you happy. And you have to be very careful of not listening to that judge. It's really not about happy or unhappy. It's really not about happy or unhappy. it's, It's about like real things right? And these are not real things. Happy or unhappy are temporary feelings. It's not the same thing as, yeah, no, this is, this is BS, guys. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Okay. All right. Let's go to this uh, chapter by Rotomasi uh, in his book, The Rational Mail. It's called Unplugging, Dispelling the Magic. Women get the men they deserve. One point I try to make in my roaming uh, about the blogs dedicated to intergender dynamics is reading articles from many different perspectives. When I have the time, I actively hunt down articles that I know I will disagree with. I think it's far too easy to get locked into the habit of seeking out bloggers, articles, and statistics that reaffirm our own particular views. 
Even within the circles of which we'd be inclined to agree with, there'll often be a lot of conflicting viewpoints, such as the recent conflict pitting the MRAs versus the PUAs, or GAME versus MGTO. I began my own blog with the intent of studying the reasons why intergender social and psychological dynamics evolve, what functions they serve, and develop contingencies or actionable methods of bettering one's life using this information. This is really the core of GAME. The problem inherent in this, truly unplugging and becoming aware of your own feminine conditioning in general, is that it often comes with a healthy dose of disillusionment. Once you strip away the heady fantasies of soulmates and expectations of happily ever afters, and replace it with a more practical understanding based on reasonably reliable empirical explanations, what you're left with looks a lot like nihilism. Even for the most staunch realists among the community, there's still a desire to want to apply, however slightly, some kind of magical thinking to the process of connecting with another human being. For other men, it may be some esoteric desire to cast their association in terms of honor, integrity, or respect. For women, it comes as idealization or predestination. I'm not saying this desire to spiritualize these connections is without merit, but I can't help but see the conflict it has in coexisting with the practicality of what we're learning about ourselves. Just in the last 30 years, we've come to understand the biochemical and hormonal natures of our emotions. We know a hormone like oxytocin induces feelings of trust and promotes nurturing. We know that the endorphin and dopamine profile associated with feelings of infatuation, lust, and love is chemically similar to that of heroin. Poof, there goes the magic. We have an understanding of women's ovulatory cycles and the resulting uh, bedroom fund behavior predispositions that are induced by them. Only the generations of the late 20th and 21st century are privy to this information. Evolutionary psychology has only risen to prominence as a field of study in the past 15 years. Discomfort and disillusion. All of this makes for some very uncomfortable realizations, particularly when men become aware of the social schema established to keep them in a female-centric reality. Game is simply the most recent countermeasure developed by men to better adapt to this feminine primacy, but it is only possible through advances in both communication technologies, access to globalized information, and new socio-psychological theory. Prior to these advancements, and with the rise of feminization from the late 60s to the late 90s, men were clueless as to their social predicament. From the start of the bedroom fund revolution until the beginning of this millennia, Western masculinity and femininity has been subjected to the greatest deliberate social and psychological restructuring any generation has ever known. And I shouldn't limit that exclusivity to Western culture. Now we see this effect filtering into Asia, um, especially Japan, even traditionally masculine Latin cultures. As Westernization spreads, so too does its feminization. What have men been left clinging to? The false guilt we've been taught to be ashamed of as part of our past patriarchy, to be sure. But more importantly, we were left with a legacy of that magical thinking. In the face of a yet undefined hypergamy, we wanted to still believe in the sugar and spice myth, the respect to wishes motive, the marriage goal, all of which were and still actively reinforced by a feminine imperative that knew its time had come and men were too stupid in the romanticism to know it. That is until game was conceived. The great and powerful Oz that was feminization is finally having the curtain pulled back on it. In this new age of communication, men can globally share notes and come to their own conclusions, and women shriek all the louder as we hit closer to the truth. Thanks to its relative anonymity, no longer is there any social stigma to fear from, even broaching the subject how best to deal with women. The great wailing we hear and read from women is less about current social implications and more about having the 30-year social program of feminization being exposed for what it truly was and now is. Yet even in the face of men seeking the empress with no clothes, they still make appeals to the romantic, magical association men have always clung to before they became aware of the hypergamy-enabling feminization. We read cries of man up! Accept your previous responsibilities of being a husband and leader, but don't be overbearing and crush our spirits. In the back row, a new generation of women, the 22-year-olds scream, where's the party? As they upload a fresh set of nudes shot on the bathroom mirror from their cell phones. 
Women get the men they deserve. For all the crowing and publicity of feminine triumphalism, there's still a wonderment at why men are increasingly less and less motivated to play along in their feminine reality. As tough as it is for men to disabuse themselves of their romanticism, it's even more so for women to accept their own natures in the shadow of the experiment that was 20th century feminization. They're reaping the whirlwind that the matriarchy of the bedroom fund revolution has sown. It's all the more ironic to read the same mothers who created this generation of men lament that the daughters are unmarried and childless at 35. All right, back to this video here. Happy, but you're just not happy. That would describe Michaela, by the way. Like, what does unhappy look like exactly? Is that like obvious a, misery? Because I feel like those are the relationships where you're like, okay, I'm out of here. This is definitely not working. But it's the ones yeah. where you're like, okay, this isn't working. But, you know, maybe it'll get better. Uh, it's not that bad. I don't know if there's anything better out there. What do you do yeah, then? Uh, acute. It's a, you're right. Uh, acute pain is useful because yeah. it can force action. The low level chronic pain is um, more insidious in some ways, be it emotional or physical. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the emotional side of it is that you can convince yourself you can live with it. But even even with let's say chronic physical pain as a, as a metaphor, even with that, you can kind of live with it for so many days or months or years until you get to a point where you, and I know you talk a lot about physical pain and I'm fat. I love listening to you on that subject, by the way. I'm like, whenever, whenever I see your clips on Instagram and things cut up from you talking about these subjects, I know you have so much experience with it. Um, I Ooh, love it. I, I love chronic pain experience. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Thank I just you, love though. how it, it, you talk about it in such a raw and real way. And, and I have to say, I admire, I really admire the rawness and the authenticity that you bring to your. He really has a very feminine way of speaking, doesn't he? So like, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of insane when you think about it, right? Like this guy is so feminized that he's able to speak the feminine language and even sell to them speaking girl full-on speaking girl like that's that's what this is right it's two it's a guy and a girl talking in a female frame about their feelings basically is what this is your communication publicly because i know that's not easy and it's amazing by the way i'll bet that's why all of matthew's relationships have failed as well because he doesn't really know how to be a man Oh, he doesn't even talk like a man. Um, but I thank you. I, I. Will... You see, if you get that reaction from a girl, you're doing something wrong. They should not be reacting that way to you. Women should speak as women do to men, not as women do to women. You see, when it comes to chronic pain. We can we can deal with it for so many days until it becomes something where we go. There's almost a moment where we admit to ourselves, like. This is a problem. This, yeah. this isn't, this isn't life well lived. Like I am, this is so ever present in my life that it, it may not make me suicidal in every moment, but it certainly is like taking away any enjoyment yeah. I could have out of this life. And, and that becomes, I think, a certain crescendo of pain at, at a 
particular point. And I think that's true in a relationship too. Emotional, the chronic, uh, the chronic pain of not getting your needs met. Okay, so he's talking from a feminine frame, but actually this can be applied to men. So a lot of men in relationships in 2023, they do feel this pain. As Matthew put it, the chronic pain of not getting your needs met. Oh, by the way, let's have a let's have a little intermission to shill my products. I totally forgot about that. Uh, so, guys, uh, I'm going to so let me tell you about my two books. Um, I have the Strategist Guide to Seduction. You can see that on the stream here. Um, I've uh, I've posted it here, uh, and I also have uh, quotes to live by. So both of those you can find on my my website, uh, realheliosblog.com. Um, yeah, the link is in the description. You can you can just but anyway, you can also type bit.ly slash heliosbooks and you can uh, you can buy one of them. They're only like they're, they're not super expensive, you'll see. Uh, but anyway. And uh, I've actually gotten a testimonial. Here, uh, I'll read it for you. Just so you can uh, you people on the on the podcast can hear. So uh, this is what he said. Great books and quotes. Thanks for the download. Very true behavior. Broken down into simple terms. So there you go. So that's that's the... So that, that would actually describe them pretty well, actually. They're, really, that is what it is. I tried to put them in simple terms. That's a quick reading. That's easy to understand. Just go there on my on my website and, and check it out. Okay, anyway, that's enough shitting. Again, it's on a realheliosblog.com. You could also type in bit.ly slash heliosbooks and it'll take you right there, okay? All right, uh, back to this uh, video here. Is something you can sustain for a certain amount of time before you look at that expanse of time and go, on what level was I really living during that time? And and do I really want to live like that forever? Because That's how a lot of men feel. Relationships have this unique ability to poison other parts of our lives when Indeed. they're going wrong. You know, we can kind of leave a bad day at work and go back home to our family or our relationship mm. and and escape. When when things are wrong in our relationship, unle- unless we are the most incredible compartmentalizers, that for me personally, I mm-hmm. can't. I, I'm not good at compartmentalizing in that way. If yeah. I have a fight with my girlfriend or if something, I carry that with me into the day, and it affects me. And it cre- see, look. The way that he's talking, isn't it so feminine? Like, I, let's watch Mikaela's reaction because I'll bet Mikaela's reaction is disgusting. Let's see, let's see. Creates anxiety. Let's see, let's see, let's see. So, you know, it can poison everything else. I want to see Mikaela's reaction. What you have to look at is the unhappiness I feel in this relationship. I may be convincing myself it's contained to this area of my life, but actually it's probably infecting me everywhere. And and I'll bet, if we really look at it, it's infecting everything else too. I was in a relationship where I was incredibly unhappy. And, and I was lying to myself about how unhappy I was. And my publisher met with me one day. And she was, we were doing an interview together. And I remember I this. Her, I, I've already commented on this amazing, before. Wonderful woman. She's been a kind of mentor to me in my life. And she left the interview and she didn't tell me this until the relationship ended, but she was with her sister at the time. They left the interview, went off. She said, I saw you that day. And I looked at my sister when we left and I said, he is not happy. Like something is wrong. Like he's not good. 
And yeah. I didn't realize just how much I was telegraphing that. Look, look, like, like guys, I just want you to look at Matthew's even expression. Look at how he looks. Isn't it extremely feminine? Like just, just the way that he's emoting. It's, it's, this is the generation of men that has been taught to be girls. Again, the only reason Matthew is successful with women is because he's attractive and rich. But if he wasn't, he would not be successful. He would be highly unsuccessful because he's far too feminine to be successful with women. Um, to yeah. the people that... that this is why his relationships don't last, I'll bet. Me ...and how much worse energy they were getting as a result of me being unhappy. So that, I would say, is fine saying it's bearable, but you have to, the, you know, you have to look at the true cost of staying where it's comfortable mm. because you probably haven't really assessed that if you're still where you are right now. Okay. That's okay. Let's look at Michaela's eyes. Reasonable. Do you think if you're in that kind of situation, there's a way to step back to look at the situation without, you know, being in it I mean, take a vacation or maybe have some time apart and then look at it. Is there a way? I don't think she's lost attraction. Looking at her expression, I would say that she still looks like a girl who's attracted to Matthew. So nothing has changed. Apparently, she likes this feminine way of speaking. Way to speed up the process of realizing you're not happy. That's a great question. I think that you have to... I do think that space helps in whatever form it comes. You know, it's not always easy to just up and take yeah. a a vacation and get space, but maybe even just the space of we, when we're not happy, we, we tend to slowly isolate and we stop seeing certain friends, especially the friends that are telling us things we don't want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We've already, we've already commented on this. So we're going to end the video there again, guys. Uh, if you're new to the channel, like in the content, hit that sub, hit all the notifications. If you'd like to support me, Go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash blog. Again, it's patreon.com slash blog. Buy my books. That's at bit.ly slash books. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, and Tom M. Shout out to them. Link is in the description. Thank you so much for listening, guys, especially if you listen to the end. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, and I will see you next time.